0: To the shame pile podcast where we bring you along our never-ending journeys to conquer our piles of video game shame i'm joined by my co-host sean hi great intro sean every fortnight except not every fortnight because we've been terrible at that
1: i have not rewritten that intro
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes uh every month every month every month we're aiming for every month We'll discuss in-depth one or two games that we've been playing. This is our 10th podcast, so, you know, we're doing pretty well so far.
1: Well, I guess the 10 is a milestone. It's been like a year since we actually started this, and 10 in a year is really bad.
0: Hush now. Those are mere details. Enjoy our milestone.
1: What are you talking about? Oh wait, no, our shame piles. How are they looking?
0: Uh, terrible. Terrible.
1: I've made zero progress again. Okay, so I managed to finish two games,
0: at you least. You have too much time on your hands.
1: Yeah, it was that weekend where you were away. And also, <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I managed to finish Mass Effect Andromeda, and I played through one of the missions in Noir Syndrome, which essentially was the whole main mission story. Um, I, I wrote about that. I did add a game, K- uh, Kingdoms and Castles, it's basically like a little city kingdom builder. That was that game that I had when I was really drunk.
0: <laughs> oh yeah! Have you, have you put that story up? <laughs>
1: no, I haven't. Maybe I should. Yeah, I might put that up, how I got that game. Anyway, <laughs> stay tuned <laughs> into the uh, blog. Ah,
0: uh, yes. The Trials of Drunk Sean i feel that could be its whole series yeah drunk sean and the games he plays
1: like it was literally once (laughs) for now yeah anyway and yours is terrible
0: uh yes i have not finished any games although i'm not sure that i will continue playing the game that i'm going to talk about so i might be able to tick one off maybe but i also haven't added anything
1: fair enough okay Um, Do you want to start us off with your game?
0: Sure. So, the game I've been playing is Tearaway Unfolded, which is a, what would you call it, isometric view? No, it's sort of third-person platforming.
1: So, third-person platforming. Third-person view?
0: Yeah. Well, I meant that it's sort of top-down, not over-the-shoulder.
1: Oh, okay. Is that isometric? I always assumed isometric was where. I always looked at isometric as like kind of like angular top down, but like very set.
0: So oh, like bastion always,
1: or transistor is isometric.
0: I always thought isometric meant that you're top down but not directly over the top. You're at a slight angle. So you see a little bit more in front of your character. And like it's not like a straight vertical down. You need. We'll get back to you with the definition of that after we've Googled, but I'll keep talking. If you're interested in that game, it came out recently on the PlayStation Plus free list. So a number of you probably have it if you uh, subscribe to the PlayStation Plus. Um, It's all designed to look like everything has been made out of paper, so sort of Almost an origami style, but a little bit more childish, like a very kid-friendly origami style and it's a very kid-focused game. I haven't finished it. As far as a platforming game goes, it's been pretty enjoyable, particularly on the PlayStation. It does a really good... Um, it's got really good pacing, the rate at which it introduces new mechanics to use, so initially it's straight platforming, then you have a mechanic where you can shine a light using your controller to direct various creatures about the screen, and then after a little bit of that you can push a button on the touchpad to make various drums and things on screen bounce. Then You know a little bit further on you learn to control the wind so that's sort of very neatly paced i'm a little bit conflicted about this affects me more than others i don't think it bothers sean so much but it's very childish and that bugs me (laughs) sometimes it really really bugs me i get away with it with games like ratchet and clank it doesn't feel like such a big issue it feels like even though it's aimed at kids, it's not talking down to me. But sometimes...
1: are we Sorry, are we talking childish in terms of themes or gameplay?
0: Childish in terms of themes. Okay. It's really not... It's not super obnoxious. I'm probably more sensitive to it than others. But it's enough that it's going to stop me completing the game. I can't play it for hours and hours. Eventually I'm like, man, I need a game with more depth.
1: Yeah. So, like, it's a very simple construct of the story and, and plot, or, yeah. yeah.
0: Very simple construct and story. I find the way the narrative is conveyed, it, I mean, it's meant to be very sort of time esque, but it just still kind of irritates me.
1: Hmm. I'm trying to think of uh, comparisons, like um, or other games that might be have that same effect.
0: It's the difference between, you know, there are some kids' movies that you can watch, and there's still like a layer of jokes oh, and things that like adults fa- can enjoy. A family
1: movie as opposed to a kids' movie.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the difference.
1: Yeah. I get that. Um, so I'm trying to think of another game that would be like too childish, but still on like a major platform. Um, like a lot of Nintendo games, maybe?
0: Possibly some of the Nintendo games. It doesn't affect, I think, my initial enjoyment, it just affects my ability to play that game for a long period of time. Fair enough. Like, initially it's very fun because the game mechanics in a lot of those Nintendo games and similar 3D platforming games is really, really fun, but over time it'll be a long game and eventually the gameplay will start to repeat, and because the overall story and the dialogue is very child-friendly and child-focused, it doesn't hold my interest. And after a while can even start to grate. But the thing I really wanted to, I guess, discuss or get your opinion on is TerraWay is really big on app integration. They have an app that goes alongside the game. It's not really used as a strong mechanic that affects your progress, but it does affect... I think it's used mainly for customization and mainly... Uh, to spend the points that you get a part of the game is taking photos and drawing pictures and that apparently is really used on the app as well the thing is i kind of really don't like that when i purchase the game i want the whole game to be on the platform i'm playing i don't want to have to go backwards and forwards between something else
1: so how would you go with something like a wii u
0: Because that's all contained within, like, the one play session, so a Wii U has, like, you might be playing part of it on the console and maybe other people are playing on the screen, but it's all sort of within the one play session for that game.
1: So hang on, So so how does the app work with Tearaway?
0: So it's more like you wouldn't use it while you're playing the game, It's something that you can do later and, like, in between game sessions. Like, you wouldn't use it while playing. But it's just, it's really strongly pushed. Like, it just keeps, it comes up again and again. Like, you can access this on the app. Like, you should look at this on the app. Yeah. And it's, you know, if it wasn't, I see why they're pushing it so strongly and that they really want it to be this sort of
1: So what part of the game is on the app though?
0: Well, like I said, it was character customization and point spending for character customization. Part of the game is taking various pictures. So, it, and so I like guess that. my
1: question is so it's a part of the menu essentially. You can do all that stuff in the game, right? No. Oh, what you can't.
0: Yeah, it's really it's much more limited in the actual game what you can do in terms of the drawing and the picture taking and modification and the character customization, I think.
1: Right, okay. So it's not like they've just taken an aspect of the game and just put it into an app for, like, easy micromanagement.
0: No, I don't think they have. It's, admittedly, I didn't like it, so I didn't get the app. Yeah. But from what I can tell, it's not the same thing.
1: So, yeah, well, it's funny you say this, because game i'm going to talk about mass effect andromeda has the same thing
0: and i remember that from mass effect 3 that there was also an app integration but i played it really behind everyone else so it was not relevant
1: the app is essentially to manage a very certain aspect of the game which has like a time limit on it basically you send your little squads out to do missions to gain points for like to help with the multiplayer and you can do that off without playing the game, because it's just like, oh, they, this cools down in three hours, so you can do it again in three hours.
0: Do you feel that that sort of... that these apps are actually adding anything to your game experience?
1: No. This... No, I don't. I've noticed that these apps have popped up a couple of times, games being played, um, Mass Effect being one of some of them, Assassin's Creed Unity had one as well.
0: What did that one do? It was a
1: very similar thing. It was like here is your here is Paris. You have a couple of assassins. You can send out missions to gain points to help with some game thing. It's it basically allows you to do a bit of offline gaming to get a certain, like in this case, it was like points or money to then develop
0: things in the game. And like, I think
1: Assassin's Creed Black Flag had it as well. You can send ships off to do pirating.
0: I guess I feel like. The apps themselves aren't entertaining enough to stand on their own, so you don't really want to play them. And then it's slightly irritating in the game that, in order to like maximize your benefits or maximize your customization ability, that you have to do this.
1: So yeah, well, the thing with Assassin's Creed, Mass Effect, um, you don't need to use the app.
0: Yeah, to it's do the it. same with. T-
1: You're right. Yeah. You you can maximize your benefit if you do, but. Like by the end, in all those games, I never felt like I actually needed to do it offline to be able to then win the game. And I wasn't really playing a lot of multiplayer anyway, so... Yeah,
0: Yeah, so Tearaway doesn't need... Like, you don't need to use the app, and I certainly haven't been doing it. It's just, it's very... Like I said, it's been very strongly pushed in the game, so once... Which can be a little irritating. And Like I said, I've yet to see a computer game with an additional app that's added anything at all that isn't just kind of like a, "Eh, it's slightly irritating that I have to go out of the game to do this or that I have to play a subpar app if I want to get that feature.
1: Yeah. I mean, like I said, with those games, you don't need the app. To get access to any of it,
0: I know, but I'm saying, like, from a completionist aspect. Ah,
1: yeah, I do know. I I can anecdotally tell you of one game which uses the app quite effectively, and that's Eve Online. Because while because it's an online MMORPG, there's lots micro
0: management simulator.
1: Essentially, yeah, you you can like manage your tradings and your you can message other people in your like clan or whatever they call it. I, I don't play it, but I know people who do play it use, it use it and quite like it. The fact that they can stay in contact with you know, the people that are in their clan or, or running their little ship empires um, while they're at work, for example. It basically allows them to keep playing the game because it is a people-based game.
0: I guess I can see that. I can see why people would enjoy that and find it useful. It wouldn't be for me, because I'd like to be able to switch off and not think about the game uh, while I'm at work or something, but yeah, I personally would like to be able to separate my pure gaming and relaxation time and my I'm focusing at work time. But I can see why people, especially for such a management and I guess not clan, I don't know what they call it. It's social. Social game.
1: It's, it's a social game, yeah. I think that works. Social games work really well with that app. In fact, I guess that's the entire premise of all those like Facebook app games, like the things that integrate with... Um... Oh, no, maybe not quite.
0: No, because... No, they're, they're just annoying. I play a lot of Android games, a lot of which have Facebook integration, and it, I ignore it every time (laughs) i hate it so much
1: lee angleson sent you a request to help her get through the dark age i never
0: send requests (laughs) yeah that's fair so i don't know i just i find it really irritating and i'm just i'm glad it hasn't taken off but i'm slightly worried that it will become more of a thing
1: i I see vr overtaking that kind of stuff as far as like a general fad in gaming goes okay as far as game trends to, to essentially be the next um rpg element in the game thing
0: yeah and i guess as far as like games that you take with you that's maybe they're more pushing towards things like the switch and instead yeah. of also having an app
1: yeah the switch is something different that that's that's basically taking portability to a new level let's get like a next-gen console and have you carry around with you
0: at a whim (laughs) i just mean in terms of trying to get you to play the game longer and throughout the day instead of in like one consistent session
1: i mean i know that there's some games which have been using say the internet to help facilitate (laughs) ah (laughs) the the internet (laughs) yes the internet to help facilitate this new
0: fangled well i think
1: like jackbox that is almost borderline app integration. Instead of an app, it's just a web page you go to.
0: I guess there is that one that they've been really pushing on the PlayStation Plus at the moment. because it was Oh, in the year, selfie? Last month's free games and oh. this month's free games. The one that is almost purely phone driven. Yeah,
1: I think it's going to be like a jackbox, but for selfies only. Mm. You know what kids love these days? Selfies.
0: Yeah, it's really obnoxious. Yeah, it's, it might uh, it might actually be an amazing game, but I'll never find out because the ad is so obnoxious. Yeah. But yeah, but again that's that same thing I was talking about where it's still all contained within like the one gaming session. It's yes. not asking you to go and do what's essentially a chore <laughs> yeah. outside of the game. Yeah. Cause I'm like, board games now have lots of app integration in order to help you like complicated games will use it so you can add up your scores really quickly and some of them are using it so you can have background music or That's cool. to track your character stats and i think some of them are using that to act as like a dungeon master in fact instead of having someone for that sort of asymmetric play where one person is opposing say the group instead of having oh
1: yeah yeah
0: so, and that's all being great and I love it. I'm not against using apps and phones in games. I'm just against turning my game into essentially a clicker chore or something. Not giving me the I, full experience while I'm playing.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I can understand that entirely. There's. Don't be wrong, if I'm trying to micromanage my game and I don't have the 400 hours in the day needed to be able to do it while playing the game because I'm just for play the game and I'm so compelled to micromanage things yeah sure maybe but the problem with bringing the micromanagement part out like into an app is that generally micromanagement is the most boring part of the game and most games are better off without it
0: true so putting Except that for those few people who have that special love
1: yeah, I would like my 2% stat increase on my whatever. Yeah,
0: mm, Give me a few hours to work out the maths behind this. Yeah, <laughs>
1: we There do. are those
0: people. Anyway,
1: speaking of micromanagement, I'm going to talk about Mass Effect Andromeda. The spin-off game in the Mass Effect series.
0: I'm really interested to hear about it, because I haven't played it, and there was a lot of controversy leading up to its release about
1: I will talk a bit, a bit about yeah. that. So I will just outline basically what's going on. So it is it's a standalone game spin off from the main series. The story is that the a series of ships called Arks. Uh, there being five Arks: human, Turian, Solarian, Asari, and miscellaneous all other races. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to the, I'll get to why that was done. The later.
0: Hufflepuff. The Hufflepuff. Yeah, 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 it's like
1: it's like. Uh, the Quarians, the Voltaris, whatever, the, those those weird squid guys, <laughs> the ones that no one really care about, yeah. Um, and I guess, to uh, for people the who NPCs. don't... The NPCs. The NPCs, well, as are most of the other races, but for people who don't have played Mass Effect bef- before, those first four races I mentioned, including Human, are like the, the council races, the four groups sit on the council, essentially. And they're like, kind of like the big players, as far as races go. Um, anyway, these arcs have set off from the Milky Way to the Andromeda Galaxy, so our nearest ga- galaxy neighbour. The thing about intergalaxy uh, travel is that it takes a really long time, even when you're travelling beyond the speed of light. I don't know exactly what the statistics are, but I know that they managed to um, travel there in 600 years, approximately. Right.
0: okay so that's 600 years after the original game
1: so yeah they're set roughly i think it's the arcs are part of at some point during the first game okay what, what i worked out while because just from information you find out you know in the game are and so are giving
0: away plot telling us that or is no, that just no okay. it's just
1: yeah they just like refer to events that you kind of happened in the first game but like initial events essentially that happened in the first game this game starts 600 years after the point where you left. So after all the events in the first series have finished. Basically, when you arrive, you are immediately going into some kind of weird space fungus that's inhabiting that whole region of space. There's also all the ancient terraforming technologies, which are on all these planets throughout the system, throughout the, the galaxy, have started like misbehaving, essentially, and all have like Trojan viruses or whatever. Because so apparently there was a precursor race there another foreign alien race has started to invade the galaxy like they beat you like 50 years which like what are the odds <laughs> and and like they're they're awful and then there's also an, a native alien race which has evolved to occupy quite a few worlds there as well so by the time you get there's a lot going on for what was meant to be like an uninhabited quite easy galaxy to inhabit and you basically pay, play the human pathfinder which is uh, kind of like a forward lead scout um, in finding new worlds, and establishing new colonies. Basically one of a set of twins. either the way, the male twin or the female twin, and the other one stays in stasis. That is the premise of this game. Okay. You arrive in the galaxy, it's a bit of a mess, there's a lot going on. The other arcs are missing as well. You're the first arc to arrive there, even though you're the last to leave the galaxy.
0: Alright.
1: Yeah, to what you originally said, Andromeda was met with a bit of controversy, and I think it was generally put forward as a disappointment. Is my general... Like, when I read all the articles and got people's opinions.
0: The interesting part was it was labelled, as far as I could tell, it was labelled a disappointment before it came out. Yeah. So that's why I'm quite interested to hear your opinion.
1: So I will say I was reading other articles several weeks ago that were actually saying that Andromeda was a strong driver of them, like, massive revenue, EA's revenue. Apparently they financially did really well, and Andromeda was one of the main reasons for it.
0: I'm not surprised, but I think a lot of people would have bought it sight unseen.
1: I think what people wanted from Andromeda was not what they got. They wanted an action RPG with a compelling story where your choices matter, and you have a massive impact on the outcomes of the worlds. And that's what the original series is driving at. Playing this game, I would even argue that Bioware weren't even aiming for this, really. So and they so weren't... What
0: sort of game is it?
1: Well, I, I, I sorry, I will say that Bioware probably I don't think I went back and looked at a lot of like media releases and a lot of things that they were released from Bioware at the time. I don't think they never mentioned things about your choices matter and impacts and stuff.
0: But I guess also to be fair, because you've posed it as a sequel to this series. Yes. You've that is the impression you've given.
1: Yeah. I don't think they did enough to not to take away people's opinions in that respect they didn't say actually no that's not going to be this it's got to be something else they just they obviously let it slide and I'd say their language is vague enough that like you could at least you'd still infer from how they advertised it that it was still exactly going to be that sort of action RPG storyline impacts choices all that my general impression is that it was meant to be and I think it is a fun action-adventure game with some RPG elements set in a very sort of large, diverse universe, which also is trying to capture some of the, some of the aspects from the first series. Um, some of the, sorry, from the first game, especially, like the idea of exploring new worlds and teaching strange new alien women to love.
0: So instead of dramatic space opera it's more of space adventure
1: yes yes oh yeah absolutely there's still space opery elements to it it just because that's just the way that these games work but it was definitely it felt more of an adventure game and how it felt to me was actually it was more of a you know, a rollicking space adventure in sort of far-flung universal diverse sort of cast and crew basically really similar to things like stargate and fast That was the main impression I got from it, especially in the general tone. And it's kind of it always had like a monster of the week presentation as well, from the way you, way you move between planets, especially. Um, may, or could it just be the way that I played it as well.
0: It sounds it sounds really enjoyable. It was,
1: and I guess over the entire time, you did have like an overarching storyline, which was like sort of driven by this sort of consistent and villainous enemy called the Kett. So they'll essentially this race of invading aliens that weren't you okay yeah and there were like you know there were planet-based subplots that were kind of all sort of tied to a planet um you could almost consider them seasons there were like internal politics going on there were also like missions that were just based entirely around crew and character development it, it felt yeah it felt very much like one of those tv series
0: okay um so another of the criticism was really related to graphics and animation how does that stand up
1: yeah it definitely had bugs so like i have a pretty high tolerance to that kind of thing as long as it doesn't impact my gameplay i don't mind um so the graphics the graphics are great actually the actual graphic like especially when you explore the planets and what the images you saw and that were created were really good. The big one was probably the faces because despite looking really good, like the textures on the faces and like say the individual hair follicles were amazing, they didn't move animately enough. Sometimes he's created hilarious situations. Like like things were like people were like almost like deadpan humour. <laughs> but I don't know if it was meant to be. Yeah. Um like there was one point where you meet the alien, like, this isn't really a spoiler, you meet, like, the foreign alien alien for the first time, and you sort of, like, you sort of agree for him to come on your crew, and you're like, that's great, and he holds out his hand to shake it. And then the other alien, like, puts the back of his hand on the back of your hand, and they both have these really passive, dead faces, they're just staring at each other, and so your main character, like, kind of moves his hand to the right side, the other one moves his hand to the other side, so it's, like, this awkward, weird game of patty cake happening... <laughs> But they just have these completely like dead faces the entire time. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, is it
0: just the people, or is there animation problems throughout?
1: Um, there were definitely some graphical things that popped up every now and then, like weird things like eyeballs popping out, or
0: that's I'd be slightly a... horrifying. Yeah, I'll be having
1: like a conversation with a character, and they'd walk away, but then there'd still be them sitting then in the chair at the same time, as so I'm like two of them there. Like weird things like that, and like there was one, there were a couple of, um, like other bugs which actually made my missions hard to progress. Like I, like enemies would get stuck in the floor, so I couldn't go to the next area, or things weird things like that.
0: I feel, for, I know this has been sort of an ongoing issue with AAA games, but that your game, as released should be playable with yeah. quality animation. Why where any EA and
1: get on top of that shit, because that's that is ridiculous. Um
0: and it's silly. It's especially when this is even if it's loosely tied, it's a sequel to a series that didn't have that many issues. Yeah. It did have some. Like it wasn't perfect. It's a big game, there's but no one was really saying, man, all the walking animations in the original one terrible. It yeah. feels... It's not a... I don't know that backwards is right, but it's definitely a backwards step in quality.
1: Yes. And you expect it from like some of the more up-and-coming studios, like CD Projekt Red, the guys who do Witcher. Like, they're one games. Have, they're they're ones whose games have been Witcher. And yeah, they're full of bugs, but then they very quickly acknowledge them and then fix them
0: yeah like it's almost
1: instantly weird yeah. big
0: game for a small studio and they're really on top of them fixing bugs and it's the bugs haven't appeared because they've been taking shortcuts yeah or because they're low quality it's just small b- team big game yeah whereas this feels
1: big team big
0: game yeah low quality low quality shouldn't add up especially if this is such a high driver of revenue
1: yeah my my actual my main problem with Mass Effect was it felt like it's the first game I've ever ever played where it felt like a console import had actually affected my playing of it. Mm-hmm. It was only the menus, to be honest, but because there's so much menus like inventories and just loading up the game, it 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 was noticeable like having to press spacebar at the start rather than letting you click and things like that. Like it, it just felt. And, was, like, for instance, the map wouldn't let me zoom in properly half the time because the ma- I didn't obviously didn't recognise the mouse wheel doing its thing. Mm, that's
0: the, frustrating. And I yeah. feel that bad ports is something we should have moved past. Yeah. Or if this isn't a bad port, at least just working on your yeah. system.
1: I will like to talk about the things that um, were good about it rather than just shitting on it. Um, no, no, yeah. it's
0: a, I just wanted to no, ask about the question. controversy bit.
1: For, like, I guess for the most part, I really enjoyed the game.
0: It does sound... Yeah, I, I
1: I, played about 60, 70 hours of the main story, and then about another 20 hours of the multiplayer.
0: It sounds fun. Like, it, it does sound it like was a fun game. a fun
1: game. That, that was actually the main thing. It was... There were certain things that would have made it more fun, but if they tried bringing in some of the aspects from the old games, it would have made it less fun.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. But, I guess,
0: yeah, if you're aiming for a light-hearted game, Yeah, there's... And
1: I think that that was what I really enjoyed about it, was the light tone, like it was a lighter tone to the game, because you're, because maybe because it wasn't space opera, there was no, we need to save the universe, it was now, oh, we need to defeat this enemy who is defeatable. Okay. Yeah. Um, I felt like the main character, Ryder, or, or at least the male version... Definitely felt like sort of that Jack O'Neill from Stargate or uh, Crichton from Farscape. He definitely had that aspect to him. He did not...
0: So he had a genuine personality?
1: He had more of a personality than um, Shepard, and he, it was definitely a lighter personality. In the In the parts where you didn't get to choose his dialogue or he, things just happened, it definitely came off way lighter most of the time.
0: That's better. I can understand in say the more pure RPGs why you have a blank protagonist so that, you know, people can project yeah, uh, you know, themselves or whoever they're role playing onto it. But when you don't have such a strong RPG element, it's perfectly fine. And in many cases really helps your story to give your main character some personality, make them interesting.
1: Yeah. And like that's one of the main strengths of those TV series as well the main focus character is likeable and lovable. Like, um, uh, what's his name? Reynolds from, is it Reynolds from Firefly? Malcolm? Yeah, Malcolm Reynolds. Malcolm Reynolds, yeah. He's a, you know, lovable rapscallion. Like, that's, <laughs> that's what you like. You like watching someone be a bit cheeky, and that, that's what I felt happened this character.
0: And it also, having a character with a personality that you like means you care when tragic things yeah. happen to them.
1: And same with the other, all the other characters. They actually had quite strong personalities, and there were some, like, you know, quite funny, or good moments. I wouldn't go quite far as to say they were really touching, but they were they were still making an effort to do that. One example is that as you're driving towards like a cat, so the enemy's encampment, you can hear over this loudspeaker this cat like furiously mouthing off, saying if you come near, he will destroy you. And so the main character starts going. Oh, it's come near me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. exactly what you would think yeah 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 um my they did have dialogue choices and the dialogue choices were tagged to emotional logical casual professional which i'll be honest i i didn't need those choices i was happy with them going gunning with one particular character type and not worrying about you could give like a loving response, you can give like a logical, or a cold response, you can give like a casual, flippant, funny response, I or you could be like by the book military response. Yeah. I
0: guess they're trying to give you some involvement in cutscenes so you're not just sitting there static.
1: Yeah, and that's fair because there is a lot of talking.
0: Mm. Yeah. So giving you dialogue options helps get you involved, but I guess if they. It's. You know, if they don't have any outcome, then what's really the point? But then again, who wants to sit there doing nothing during a game?
1: Yeah. Um, and I will... Like, coming off from that same attitude, like like I said, the characters... The other groups were quite enjoyable as well. They had they had a lot of, like, dialogue just when you're driving around in your rover. That was... Like, they had just... A lot of background discussions, people asking about their races and where they come from and things like that. It, like... It, those that's a nice touch. Actually, I like games that do that a lot. There's a lot of games that do it now that have the discussions as you're doing the travel parts, and that's I find that a really a really nice touch. I enjoy it. And yeah.
0: It, I find that you know if it didn't have that, there are characters I would never use, but because I want to put different combinations of characters together to see what they and talk that's, about. that's what I did.
1: Like When I went to Planets, I'm like, I want you and you. What do you guys talk about? And then they start fighting. I'm like, oh, well, there we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so... What is your opinion on having paid, or paying full price for this game, which, it is very, it's highly enjoyable, so I understand wanting to buy the game, and I will buy the game, but I also, like, there's part of me saying that, ah, oh, don't want to reward your, like, drop-in quality. I don't, um, want you, I don't want EA to think that it's fine to put out subpar or below quality games. I,
1: I bought it up on release, but I got a lot of discounts for it, right? So I went to EV Games and traded in some games and then got some random other discounts somehow.
0: Yeah, what would you say for other people like, well, from now? Well, it
1: depends on how much it is. I struggle to pay more than $40 for a game full stop. I don't care who I'm going to play it till the ends of the earth. I like for me that investment of more than forty dollars already seems like quite a lot. That being said, to be fair,
0: you played it for like eighty hours. Yes,
1: that like that's forty dollars is actually what I paid for Andromeda. If I'm getting say adult do- um, an hour for every dollar of invested, that's really good. That's amazing. I would because like look at a movie. That's an hour and a half, and you're paying twenty dollars for that. And if I'm paying say 40 dollars for 80 hours of gameplay that's massive
0: i guess like that's a, that's to me it's worthwhile cost to reward ratio is right for this game because it's enjoyable and it's that fun i just i'm never going to be able to bring myself to pay full price for it like even if i had all the money just because it bugs me it's the same reason that i guess people don't pre-order games anymore because you end up with
1: the pre-ordering i get um actually that's how i got my extra discount i pre-ordered it
0: for shame
1: yeah but 40 dollars
0: for shame yeah anyway
1: um another thing i'll add is that the combat was really good it was really engaging and dynamic
0: that's good and even
1: though they still do this thing in a lot of these games they set up all the cover and all the things it, it was incredibly it still felt very organic like you walk into it like you drive to a place people start shooting you instantly so you have to get out of your thing and run to the nearest cover and you're like ah oh, shit and then you have to like sort of get up close on because then a lot of time they don't come to you yeah um and it felt a bit less you know wave of enemy one then wave two pour out at this point realign yourself to the next bit of cover
0: is it, was... it still really heavily cover based shooting? so or a bit more dynamic
1: it's way more dynamic it's still cover-based shooting but they added in jump jets that sounds so you jump so basically you can jump around everywhere there's now like multi-levels so a lot of cover doesn't work and also you need to jump up to levels to get up to certain enemies that was really fun and you can like jump and hover and shoot from the air and yeah it's good um yeah the combat felt a bit more fluid i would say
0: that's really good. I guess like I'm just coming, like the last FPS I played or the shooter I played was Doom, which is rides a lot on the entertaining, quick gameplay. Yeah. <laughs> so I I would um,
1: say that they started to move away from cover based in Mass Effect Three anyway because they, they yeah just they all, they knew what where I was going so they introduced like classes which are a bit more melee for instance and things like that.
0: They're always. What I play.
1: Yeah. um And I guess, like, yeah, the big positive was the good graphics, even with the graphical bugs. um
0: It's pretty, everything just moves awkwardly.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good way of putting it. It looks very pretty. um and I guess that's the funny thing about when your graphics are really good, the minor imperfections become more obvious.
0: The uncanny valley of
1: graphics. The, unc- the uncanny valley, that's it. Like, whereas things are a bit more stylized. Those kind of imperfections don't really matter because just, it just—it always comes part of the style itself.
0: Yeah, like, you don't really care about if your like 16-bit graphic character doesn't move like a person.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at like a game like Zelda Wind Waker. Do you ever play that? No. So that's like the, that's where they did the first cartoony Zelda style. That looks really good, and the characters all have real emotions on their faces, even though their noses and mouths are triangles. <laughs> <laughs> like it, it still works really well because it's not trying to make it look realistic it's trying to make it look expressive with, with style yeah
0: yeah yeah no that's a good point
1: anyway i did really enjoy it it actually it was what i want it, it was the rolling face adventure i wanted
0: nice yeah i will definitely end up buying it just at what price point i'll have to debate internally that's my own issue
1: yeah well if you do the main story plus all the additional stuff i did you can get about 70 hours main story alone probably maybe 30 40 hours
0: look if i think it's just if it was a game that had they'd tried really hard and came out with bugs i wouldn't have a problem but because it feels like it's they didn't put the same amount of effort or ea didn't provide the team with enough time to do what they should have done yeah so i know that these things are rarely as straightforward (laughs) as it seems that it just sort of i hold them to a high standard because i know they can do better
1: they have a lot of money they have a lot of people they have a lot of assets like like you know graphic Sorry, they're, um, I guess, computing assets. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And this was, and like you said, it brought in a lot of revenue and the quality of the game should reflect that.
1: Yeah. Fair.
0: So, anything else you'd like to discuss before we wrap up? Nah,
1: no, I think I'm good for now. Me too. Yeah. Alright, thanks for listening, everyone.
0: And we'll see you next month.
1: Oh, wait, we should mention we're going to try and do the same game next
0: month ah yes so next month we're going to try something different we are both going to play the same game and then we're going to try having a discussion and seeing whether or not we have different impressions which we probably will we're fairly different
1: we are we have very different tastes or we like the same things but for very different reasons very
0: different reasons yes (laughs) all right we better leave before the cats revolt
1: yeah bye
0: bye we